This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Happy Friday to you, everyone. We are here today with another member from CARL. We have Rick Metkowski. He's a counselor in LCPC, and I'll let him explain what that is. But we are going to talk about something that's very timely for the beginning of the year. So, Rick, before we jump into that conversation, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you and then explain your position. Hi. Thank you, Laura. Uh, My name is Rick Metkowski. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. Um, I am licensed both here in the state of Illinois and in the state of Missouri, and um, I've been doing this for about uh, 15 years or so, and in those 15 years, I've accumulated a lot of uh, trainings and certifications in various different evidence-based treatment modalities, and we'll probably be touching on one of those today, too. Mm-hmm. So I can't help but notice that that eye behind you on your lamp. Is that a University of Illinois lamp? That is correct. Well, it's not actually a it's a it's a University of Illinois magnet. Uh, I got oh. here at Carl. We uh, we did our uh, March Madness uh, brackets last year, and I won it. So uh, I got a big basket that had that in it, and, and so. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I thought. I thought there's like a really cool welded lamp, but I I love the eye on there. That definitely makes it look like a, absolutely. A I did my music undergrad here at U of I, so and I still play <laughs> in the uh the university summer band too. So oh nice. Yeah. So what instrument do you play? Um, percussion. That was my first instrument, my first love. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I am. I also graduated from the U of I. But my degree was higher education administration, so pretty specific, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but loved it. So, um, Rick, what you're going to talk about today is proactive thinking and reactive thinking. And, you know, just looking at the beginning of the year and the way that people start to reframe or at least question question their framing, this is so timely. So tell us, what is that? So um, reactive thinking is when we are responding to things that happen within our environment. And sometimes it can lead to overreacting uh, because we're we're not taking in all the information, we're maybe not checking the facts, and and so we might overreact to something. a lot of times, uh, so there's been a number, a lot of uh, psychological research over the past probably 50 or so years about locus of control. And what that means is how we perceive our environment. Um, are we perceiving that local locus of control as being external, which means that we are going to be reacting to things that happen to us in our environment? It also means that we're going to be searching for things that are external to provide us with uh, joy or happiness, which can be very, uh, not very fulfilling because um, while, you know, and we and we live in a culture that inundates us with these images of, you know, you're not happy unless you're wearing these Nikes or driving this car or have this kind of relationship. And while many of those things can provide temporary joy, that's not how we build positive lasting emotions and um but it, it it is a result of that 
external locus of control because we're we're wanting things from the outside we're reacting to things on the outside whereas having an internal locus of control means that we are the ones that are using our own agency to make things happen and those are the ways that we actually build the longer lasting positive emotions and it's so it's not a great surprise that when you look at the research about locus of control people who have that external locus of control have a tendency to uh, have a higher incident of depression and anxiety because everything is dependent on what's external and they're not using their own agency to create things for themselves and so that's where that reactive thinking comes in uh, we saw a ton of it during COVID. We were all in reactive thinking. Everything was a reaction to this disease. We were masking up and we were social distancing. And, and there were so many things that we had to change about, uh, about how we lived our lives. Everything was closed. So we were doing a lot more things online and which actually changed our culture quite a bit because the uh, the use of, uh, of virtual work and virtual meetings has become so much more prevalent in our society now as a result of this. I mean, who'd have thought Zoom was this cute little program, you know, before COVID that, oh, we could talk to each other face to face on our computers we ended up depending on that during during the pandemic so there was a lot of reactive thinking that was going on during the pandemic what's important to re to recognize about reactive thinking is that the very best you're ever going to feel is relief and and that is you know, when you think about our, our, our spectrum of emotions, relief is kind of, kind of in the middle. It's not really an, uh, a, 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 as pleasant of, of an emotion as we could create for ourselves. And so and relief is good. I'm not saying that this is that reactive thinking is necessarily a bad thing because it's it's a dialectic that exists in our mind. We have to recognize that it's important. We have to be able to solve problems. We have to be able to navigate obstacles. So reactive thinking is necessary, but it does change how we respond emotionally. So I had a conversation with my wife that really brought this to light. And this is kind of what got me thinking about this. Shortly after we moved here, she had made a comment that she felt that we were happier when we were in St. Louis than we were here. And that kind of struck me as being a little odd because we had just built a brand new house and I was very, very excited about the house. I was thrilled with my new position at Carl and, and uh, so I, I really didn't understand what she was thinking. And so we, we talked about it. We, we explored, you know, what was the difference between St. Louis and Champaign? And what we found was when we were in St. Louis, she was at the time in investment banking 
and she was the the chief operating officer of the of the broker dealership that she was working with and it was pretty much what she expected to be her dream job it was a, a wbe a woman-owned uh, firm and she was very excited about that and she worked very hard and hired a lot of people created new programs uh created new products, opened new offices in, in New York, in Los Angeles, and was really building this company to be more and more successful. So it was a lot of creating, a lot of building, a lot of succeeding and accomplishing. I was doing the same thing. I was uh, uh, supervising a clinical team out in St. Louis that um, uh, was a, an amazing team. Uh, we we really worked hard. We worked in a tough area. Our 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 uh, uh, area was in uh, North St. Louis County, which was you know Pagedale and and Ferguson and just very tough area with a lot of people with a lot of needs. And we were doing it. We were getting out there. We were helping them, and and the team was successful. And and we were getting these people what they needed. We were productivity awards with BJC and 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 just really just on fire and it was all about that creating building succeeding and when we moved here to Champaign it was in May of 2020 we were in the throes of COVID okay and so my wife had taken a position at the unit four school district and immediately it was about putting out fires how are we going to change education how are we going to get this information to the kids how are we going to get the technology to the kids there were neighborhoods that didn't have access to wi-fi and so it was constantly putting out fires solving problems and the same thing with me i couldn't get a job here when we first moved here because everything was closed down. I was fortunate we were already working remotely at, at BJC, so they allowed me to keep my position and work remotely. But that meant a lot of travel uh, back and forth between here and St. Louis. It meant uh, we had to reinvent the industry because we couldn't see people face to face anymore. We were getting out to the schools. We were getting out to people's homes. We couldn't do that anymore. So we had to reinvent everything. And then in the middle of all of this, we got a brand new electronic medical record system that everybody had to be trained on virtually. And so it was a lot of that. And, and that's, this is where it kind of brought it to mind that the difference between St. Louis and Champaign was not about St. Louis or Champaign, not even about the jobs that we were in. It was about where our minds were at. When we were in St. Louis, we were in proactive thinking. We were making things happen for ourselves. We were creating these successes. When we got here in the middle of COVID, we were reacting to everything just like everybody else was. And that's been a very difficult thing and a common theme that I've noticed with a lot of my patients as we've come out of COVID. Uh, we're still reacting. And we're mm -hmm. not engaging in that proactivity. Right. Um, let's go ahead and take our first break, even though I hate to because we're going so well with this strong conversation. But let's let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back to Community Connection. I'm talking with Rick Mikowski. He's an LCPC counselor with Carl, and we were just talking about uh, reactive thinking versus proactive thinking and and coming out of COVID and how people um, are still kind of stuck in that mode. You know, I think that one of the words that keeps jumping up in my mind is that people felt helpless. So again, because they were reacting and they weren't in control. And when you were talking about the internal locus of control versus the external, you know, it's no wonder everyone was kind of, uh, quotation marks, crazy because you, you were kind of lost. And I think people felt lost, but um, again, proactive versus reactive. That's right. And, and, and like I was saying, the, the very best we were able to feel was relief. Right. And, and we survived this next problem and we, you know, we overcame this particular obstacle and, and it was just a relief to be able to get through it. So, yeah. Um, and like I said, it's not to downplay the idea of proactive think or reactive thinking because it's still necessary. We still need to be able to do this. But this is one of those dialectics between proactive and reactive thinking. We talk about dialectics a lot in dialectical behavior therapy, which is one of the modalities that I that I practice here, and I've been practicing for probably uh, 13 years or so. Um, and it's, uh, it's about this idea, um, one of the big things uh, in, in DBT, one of the first dialectics that we talk about in DBT is, is, is the integration of our emotional mind and our logical mind to create this idea of wise mind. And, and again, these two ways of thinking, sometimes that emotional mind gets that bad rap because a lot of our problems occur when we're overreacting in our emotional mind and we're not necessarily reacting in our logical mind. The thing is, is we need that emotional mind because our emotions inform us of our desires and our desires are what creates motivation in us. So we need those emotions. We need those emotions. Because even in logical mind, which tends to get overvalued because it helps us organize, it helps us keep things logical. We are always checking the facts in logical mind, and that which is necessary to do. And we can plan, and we can plan, and we can plan, and we can plan. And if we don't have that motivation to drive us, we're not going to execute. And that's kind of the definition of overthinking things. So we need that amalgamation, that, that perfect unity of, of wise mind when we're using both. And even all the other skills that we talk about in DBT, they're organized within the dialectic of acceptance versus change. It's this idea that everything we encounter in life, we only have two paths that we can take. If we have control, we can change it. And there are a lot of things we have control over. We have control over how we present ourselves to other people, even though we don't have control over other people's behaviors. We have control over how we behaviorally express our emotions, even though we don't always have control over our emotions, we just kind of feel them. And we have control over how we create positive emotions for ourselves. And this is kind of the proactive side of, of DBT. Because like I was saying, we live in this culture that gives us this image that, you know, you need to have these things in your life in order to be happy. And when I talk about emotion regulation skills, it's kind of a good news, bad news things that I, I present to people. The good news is you're the only person that can make you happy. 
And the bad news is you are the only person that can make you happy. <laughs> and, and so we, we want to get away from those external things to really create those, those strong, long-lasting, positive emotions. So the change skills are very important. However, the majority of what we deal with in life, we don't have a lot of control over. We don't have control over other people's behaviors. We don't have control over rules, laws, and regulations. We just kind of have to follow them. We don't have control over the weather. Now, I don't know how much of my office you can see, but I've got a lot of like surfboards and beach scenes and things like that. We call my office the beach. I am a warm weather guy. I'm a surfer. I love the beach. And I live in Illinois, which means I have to radically accept winter every year. Not a big fan. But it, it doesn't matter how much I complain about it, it's not going to change it. And so right. I just have to accept it. So we have our acceptance skills, which is mindfulness, being able to stay present in the current moment, uh, which is very important because, uh, you know, a psychological generality is, you know, when you're ruminating about things that happened in the past, that's depression. And when you're worried about things that haven't happened yet, that's anxiety. And there's a lot of truth to that. And so if you are mindful and present in the current moment, that's the moment that you have control in. You can't go back in the past and change anything. And while we can make plans for the future, there's a lot of variables that we don't have control over. So we have to accept those things, but we do have control over the present. So mindfulness is a big part of acceptance. And then when we radically accept a painful experience, it's the first step in healing, but it doesn't take the pain away. And so we have to take care of ourselves. So we have distress tolerance skills that help us to self-soothe and that help us to distract ourselves, that help us to find meaning in these painful experiences so that we feel better about getting through them and moving past them. I don't even have anything to say. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make some appointments with you. <laughs> I love talking to you. Hey, let's just take our last break, and then we'll come back and finish the show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection. This morning we have Rick Metkowski with us. He is a, a licensed clinical, what's the P stand for? Licensed professional. professional counselor. There you go. Thank you. And he is talking about proactive thinking versus reactive thinking. And, you know, um, with the proactive thinking, how do you build the mastery? I see that's one of your key points, building mastery, building meaning, building those positive experiences. How does one go about that? Sure. These are all uh, DBT emotion regulation skills. And these are how we create these long-lasting positive emotions. So building mastery is about creating. It's about doing something that you're good at. It's about trying to get better at something you want to get better at. It's about learning new skills. It's about engaging in in your, your own personal productivity, accomplishing, achieving, succeeding. Those feelings, that feeling of accomplishment, you know, when people talk about not wanting to be at work or not having a job, 
it, it, it breaks my heart because it's like, how are you going to have that feeling of accomplishment if you don't go to work? You know, that's how we develop that strong sense of, of identity, of, of who we are. It's about what we create. You know, I tell people all the time, um, happiness isn't about what you have, it's about what you do. And, and so we want to build mastery. We want to learn new things. We want to engage in these things that we are good at. Um, so that success, that, that a feeling of accomplishment, that's what building mastery is about. Building meaning is partially about being able to understand the meaning behind what you're doing. And a lot of times when we understand the meaning, the purpose behind what we're doing, it generates passion within us to, to motivate us to do it the best way that we possibly can. And building meaning is also about attending to all the different connections that we have in our lives. Uh, our connections to our friends and our family members. That really provides a lot of meaning and identity to ourselves and to our lives. Our connections to the community, we, that feeling of being part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And even often our connections to our faith can do the same thing. It's that connection to something that is bigger than, than what we are. And it helps us to have meaning and purpose in what we're doing. Um, and then building positive experience is simply about creating memories, doing these awesome things, creating these wonderful moments that we can always look back on. So the things we want to try and do is personally, we want to plan that trip. We want to plan that event. We want to make things happen for ourselves. We want to make time for people that we weren't able to see. When we were isolated, we missed out on so much communication. Mm -hmm. Humans are predisposed to have that face-to-face that -face contact. We missed out on so much of that. Let's do some more of that and build those things. Professionally, learning new, uh, new skills, engaging in new projects, finding new challenges. Um, we want to, you know, I talk about proactive parenting, getting down on the floor with your kids and, and having fun with them, reading with them, not reading to them, engaging together. Parents that are proactive with their children spend less time being reactive to their children who are demanding their attention. I love it. Um, we just need to have you come on. We need to start another show. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. I don't know. We got to think of the name of what it's going to be, but we we need to work on this, Rick. Um, thank you so much. We are out of time, but I have so appreciated the conversation today. And you know, the proactive versus reactive. I I, I don't know. I think we you might have stirred up you know some thoughts within people. Definitely, if they have further questions, comments, what can the reach out be? Um, well, we have a, uh, you know, a, a great program here at the, the Mattis Psych Office. And uh, so if you are a Carl patient, you can always talk to your doctors about referrals if you think you have some mental health issues. Um, there are other agencies in the area as well that can help out with that. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I recommend to people all the time, just get involved. Be with other people volunteer in your community, be a part of something that's bigger than you. 
Good information. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Rick Metkowski. He is a counselor with Carl, and I, I hope you've enjoyed this show. I, I think it's a good kickoff for the weekend. You know, lots to think about, lots to ponder, and you know, think about your being proactive and and re, instead of reactive and the positive things that can come from that. Rick, thank you so much. Audience, thank you for listening this week. We'll be back on Monday. You know, get out this weekend, take part in your community, and we'll talk with you on Monday. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.